I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Pull up a stool and join us. 585-866-4FAN. 866-4326. The Sports Bar with Danger and Bataglia on the Sports Leader. 95.7 FM and AM 950. The Fan, Rochester. Matt Perino, the Syracuse Post-Standard, joining us now in the sports bar. Before we talk any bills, I know it's been weighing on Gene's mind heavily. Matt, I, I, I had the chance to catch you before camp broke Thursday just to check in, see how you were doing after we all got together and had the true garbage plate experience uh, a week ago last night. How you feeling, buddy? Are you? Have we converted you? Do you feel like a complete Rochesterian now that you've experienced the actual true garbage plate experience? Yeah, like I don't know how good of a thing that would be to. I think we talk about this a lot. Like I, I, I don't get it. Like the, 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 the garbage plate is. It was a true garbage plate, and it was as gross as I anticipated. And the thing is, too, like I talked to Gene like a couple days after, and he's like, and I'm like, how did you like it? He's like, dude, I felt terrible the next day, and I'm like. Why do we? Why do we do this? Like, why don't we just have a couple beers, exchange stories, and and talk about how good we felt the next day? But instead, we did that to ourselves. All so. right. So, like Matt, if you grew up in this town, and it's just kind of a lesson. I mean, I would eat there a few times a week in my twenties. I wouldn't even wouldn't even Ooh. think twice about it. Danger, the same thing. So it brings you back. And I know that smell was disgusting for you. You said so. Um, but for us, we were like walking in like, yeah, it felt like home. I'm like, this place hasn't changed in 30 years coming in there. The real the real part of that made it the experience was that one moment when I was digging under the burger and the potatoes to get a little mac salad. And the biggest horse fly I've ever seen landed on a piece of my potatoes. And I was like, now is this, this is the real experience here, baby. Now I'm done. Now <laughs> I've had it. Yeah, there's a little. We, we know that Mac salad is your kryptonite. So as soon as you saw some of that peeking out from mm. under the burger, it's like, oh, burrito's not going to last very yeah. long here. But I ate it. And I will say after, I will. Okay, so here's, I'll give a little love. It was definitely more, um... I, it wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. And there were moments where I was like, oh, that wasn't a bad bite. 
And then I took a couple more and I was right back in the same place. Of, I think you got to five oh, bites. I think what you told me was I got five bites in. And after that, every bite after that, I hated you guys more and more with each passing. Yes, bite. that's that's exactly right. <laughs> well, I'm trying to set up, you know, new converts for next year. And, I, you know, Matt was right there when I walked up to our buddy, Josh Reed. You see on Buffalo Kickoff Live with Matt's, Matt's a part of the show. I'm like, Josh, can we do this next year? Nope. <laughs> Had no <laughs> hesitation. No. <laughs> no, no, it's such a word that like the, the finality of no, isn't like, we'll see. Oh, I don't know. Maybe next time. No. no. Just, like, oh, yeah. no. All right. Again, so, if we were all like young bucks at 20 years old, like, sure, let's go have, let's go get really, and that's the other thing. I thought, okay, we'll have a couple of drinks. We'll go do the garbage plate late at night. But I had to, we had to work the next day. Yeah. So I was like, I wasn't going super hard and then having to deal with that, uh, you know, one of the last days of camp. So uh, we did it. We'll, we'll talk about it for years to come. Uh, I, I thank you both for your hospitality and shout out to Rochester, man. If that is your thing, go eat that burger and Mac salad to your heart desires. Tell us a little bit about what happened at practice today, Matt, a little testy. Oh yeah. Um, little side note. I was not at practice. Oh. Today. So you picked a really fun day to have me on the show. Um, I got there about 20 minutes to go. My kids had a dentist appointment. Um, and I picked the best day of training camp to miss. Um, but I, I, I talked to everybody. I just actually finished with John Scott, who was at the practice. He came on the shout podcast and we went over it all. You know, the big takeaway is just like these two groups are, are competing at a super high level. Um, there's a lot of veterans on both sides of the ball, a lot of words exchanged over the course of training camp. And, you know, today it just, Came to a head a couple of different times. Obviously, the biggest one when uh, Tyrell Dotson and Spencer Brown, I believe, got into it for a little bit. And then uh, Josh Allen exchanged some pleasantries with Tyrell Dotson. And then Dotson actually had to be um, restrained a bit or, or maybe like, you know, walked off the field a little bit by linebackers coach Bob Babich. And actually, he just tweeted and he said uh, uh, he was tossing his helmet back at his teammate. Uh, that's much different than tossing it as a weapon. So, Obviously not doing that, or at least that wasn't the intent he's saying, I guess. Uh, heated competition, we're all ready to play someone else, iron sharpens iron. So I think the big takeaway from all this today is, listen, it's practice. Josh Allen even said it, like, you want these kinds of intense practices to get you ready for the real thing, and we're only, like, three weeks away from it. So, Dotson, like, if I if you do the dating analogy, are are the bills all in? Is this the girl, or is it all right, you know what? I'll go to the dance with you, and you're kind of looking around for the next thing here. Where, where are the Bills right now at the middle linebacker position, Matt? My sense, just reading between the lines of what people have said here and the fact that you know Tyrell Dotson hasn't spoken at all since training camp broke. Uh, we, we tried to talk to him about the game on Saturday on Sunday at practice, and he declined. Um, so obviously some frustration there, I would imagine. Again, we haven't talked to him. I don't want to put words in his mouth. Um, but this is his big opportunity, right? Like Terrell Bernard suffers the hamstring injury. He was his main competition. Balen Spector had kind of fallen out of the race a bit. Now they have AJ Klein, who I think in a pinch, they'd be fine going back to that. Well, Sean McDermott knows him very well. He can call the defense. They'll, he'll know the, know what to do out there. But I think Tyrell Dotson, you know, was the, you know, easy one to pencil in. I think Brandon Bean even said it back in the spring that he was the, betting favorite at that stage because he knows the defense and he knows how to operate in it and get other people lined up and take command of the huddle and all that. But from a playing perspective, listen, in coverage, 
in, you know, as a tackler, uh, diagnosing, I feel like he missed the mark on all three of those things in the preseason game. And it's only going to get harder. So I think this is, you know, I don't know how big of a concern it is at this stage. I really think that how good they are everywhere else might mitigate this problem, depending on who lands there. Um, but it's definitely something that there's no answer right now in terms of who it's going to be. And there's also a lot of cloudiness when it comes to Bernard, when it's a hamstring, how long is it going to be till we even see him working off to the side again? Cause he wasn't doing that today. Matt, I, I fail to believe that Dodson was always the plan to back up Tremaine Edmonds when when Edmonds would leave that 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 was their their ideal situation somewhere along the line something fell out of place for for their planet middle linebacker was it the draft that that kind of sent up sideways they didn't get the guy that they really wanted there uh to to replace Edmonds or do you really think that they always believed no Dotson's going to be our guy when Ed when Edmonds leaves no, I think he was always like just that card you kept in your back pocket that if you had to use it, like you feel comfortable enough. Like he's, he's had good moments for them. Like I remember when he played a couple of years ago, I can't remember if it was 20 or 19, but he started one game and I think he got hurt during it. But before he got hurt, he looked, he looked pretty good. And I actually remember talking to Julian Stanford about him, former backup linebacker. And he said, Dotson's rookie year, I can't believe how quickly this kid has picked everything up and how he can play both positions, handle both positions. So I always think that as they developed him, that if they were ever in a spot where he was a part of a competition for that spot, they'd feel comfortable with it. But now, you know, with the fact that Bernard maybe didn't catch on as quickly as you thought he might, because that was what the book on him coming out was that he was going to be a quick study he was super smart, super high football IQ, you know, and that's going to win out over the size issue, which I thought was evident throughout training camp and, and, and during the spring. So now they're kind of left with, okay, you kind of got this missile-like player that you drafted in Dorian Williams who's super reactive and, you know, maybe falls more in line with the Matt Milano archetype. But, like, you have a need at middle linebacker. Is there a way that you could play – both of them out there and improve your coverage and maybe have somebody else like a Micah Hyde call the defense. I don't know if that's going to be possible and maybe they're going to take this thing down to the wire and then maybe come up with an alternate plan. But you know, right now I, I still don't think even with the lack of options that Dotson is the middle linebacker. I don't feel that yet. Yeah, that, that would be interesting. Certainly not every team uses their middle linebacker with the, the green dot there. And you brought up a, a guy that I wanted to kind of dive into the next question because somebody that, in my opinion, passes the eye test, that's Dorian Williams. But Matt, they, are you surprised at all that like during training camp they didn't at least – experiment like let's see what the or maybe that happened back in the spring and they were like no 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 because to me I, I, that's a player i want to see on the field no they did experience in the spring remember when they got when they reported for rookie camp and then into otas mcdermott actually said that he was running at middle linebacker and then they flipped that script completely when they got the training camp so it leads you to believe like okay maybe they saw enough that they didn't want to overwhelm him let him play to his strengths and let him kind of ease his way into the defense and maybe learn behind Matt Milano. But now, you know, hindsight always being twenty twenty, maybe you regret that a little bit because you lost out in all those potential reps that he could have had at middle linebacker. And now do you do an about face and move him back again and, and maybe try to get him some reps there now? 
And the other thing is like, I also think that they were super high on Baylen Spector. We really got to get to the bottom of this. Like he, the guy comes into training camp. He is part of a three man competition, gets one day with the ones, And I thought he looked pretty solid. And this is got to remember guys, this is a competition where none of the three was elevating themselves. So for him after one day to get pulled from it, after all the things that we heard all off season about him hanging around, being at the facility, Brandon Bean mentioning him every time we bring up middle linebacker. I, I think that that was something that led me to believe that he was a real part of that competition. And then one day it just, boom, it was over. So uh, I don't know. He didn't look great in the preseason game either, playing against third teamers. So that might be a part of it as well. But definitely, like, again, another intriguing journey that we're all going on. It's the same thing remind, uh, uh, at the cornerback spot. Right. Well, at the cornerback spot, I could live with the idea that they're just going to platoon guys in and out based on matchups week in and week out. But I think you'd want a little bit more stability there in the middle. And I just look at the the Bills defense as a whole, and I can't help but think about the last time we saw them in a meaningful game getting pushed around, leading me to the events of the last 24 hours here in the AFC East where you saw two uh, divisional rivals get more physical in their backfield with the addition of Zeke Elliott, in New England, Dalvin Cook with the New York Jets. Can the Bills defense be pushed around? Is the Bills defense a finesse defense, Matt? And do the other teams in the AFC, save for Miami, who's going to try and kill you with their speed and their motion, do, do they have a, a bead on Sean McDermott's defense? So I'm going to be in the minority. I hate the Dalvin Cook signing for New York. I mean, you have. you literally do this the day before you take um, Brees Hall off pop. Like the sign to me felt more like, all right, this is going to be a while still before Hall gets back. And then you kind of put, kick the can down the road for the problem that it's going to be. I don't know if this is necessarily a physical run game for the Jets. Their offensive line isn't very good. And so I'm not, if, if I'm the bills, I'm not worried about that from that perspective. Now, you can, you can make that argument for the Patriots. I mean, that's one of the things that we talked about with Damian Harris all offseason is what the Bills loved about it is like that physical offensive line that opened up holes for Stevenson and Harris, and now you can maybe put Ezekiel Elliott into that mix as that definitive number two running back, and that becomes interesting, but they still don't really have a quarterback. So I don't, neither of those moves really move the needle much for me, and I don't know how they're going to get to a point, as good as Brees Hall was last year, how they can – you know, really stay in that offensive meeting room that Dalvin Cook is one and, and Brees Hall is two. Like, and, and is Cook going to be willing to kind of play second fiddle to the young running back? So I don't know. Like, can the Bills defense get pushed around? Sure, at times last year, I thought that they were a little susceptible against the run. I think that Puna Ford's addition is really good. I think Leonard Floyd is one of the things that, you know, a lot of people have talked about with him is not only his pass rushing ability, but his ability to hold the edge and defend the run. And that's something where Greg Rousseau, I think, is really good at too, Shaq Lawson. So I think that up front, they're built to be good against the run. You have Matt Milano, who's a really good run defender. And then you got to figure out the other piece. And uh, I think getting a healthy Jordan Poyer back this year, if that elbow is 100%, that's good. And if Dane Jackson starts, which it feels like we're trending in that direction once again, that's all John Butler was talking about. You know, when we asked him about the three guys, when he mentioned Dane Jackson, he was like, there are a few corners in the league that are as good against the run as Dane Jackson. So, no, I don't, I don't think that should be the case. If it is, then that, I think, becomes a problem. 
I'm talking to Matt Perino, Syracuse Post Standard, also the Shout Podcast. So, Matt, the news from today, Brandon Shell announcing his retirement. Now, this it seemingly happens frequently with all teams during training camp. Uh, you know, you'll have a guy that, hey, I just don't have it anymore. But it was a position, in my opinion, the backup, you know, the swing tackle, if you will, that we really didn't have a clear candidate. So where do the Bills go from here? Because are, are, are we good with Tommy Doyle or in Kessenberry? No. Uh, I don't think they should be. Um, but the problem is this time of year, the, the pickings are pretty thin at that spot. They, they really are at the start of free agency, unless you get a top guy or two. And so they're, they're in a rough spot. And, you know, Brandon Shell, this is something that every time I would push back with fans when they were telling me, like, this is competition for Spencer Brown. I never thought that that was the case. I mean, this guy last year was as bad as Spencer Brown in terms of letting up pressures. And I think this was just a... You know, a guy is 31 years old. He's played a lot of football, um, wanted to see how, how his body held up. And maybe it just, you know, it didn't feel right for whatever reason. And he also, you know, do you want to go through all of this to be a backup again? And then maybe even be on the roster bubble. Like he has not been great. And then you have these young guys, Richard Garage, the UDFA out of Florida, and then Ryan Vandemark, who I think both have outplayed Shell and Questenberry. But they seem like more of left tackles. Like, when they've been asked to play right tackle, it hasn't looked the same, especially for Vandermark. If you go back and watch his splits, he played a bunch of snaps the other night, and half, a little bit over half of them were at right tackle. Not great. The left tackle ones were really actually pretty good. And so if he's going to be Deion Dawkins' backup, then you got to figure out, all right, can you roll with Questenberry again? Do you want to, Can Tommy Doyle play that spot? Can you depend on him? Because that's been an issue with Doyle is just availability. And that's no fault of his own. I mean, he's had a couple injuries, but you know, that's a part of the process when you're evaluating these guys. So I wouldn't be surprised if the Bills look to add another guy, whether it be via free agency, what's out there, maybe looking around. And you know, they have a lot of draft capital in next year's draft. Do they maybe send a pick to, to bring in a guy that might be on the fringe of a roster battle somewhere else and try to, you know, somebody maybe that Aaron Cromer is, is high on that he thinks they can work into their system. Matt, what was your favorite overreaction from the Bills win on Saturday? Ooh, that is a, that is a great question. Um, overreaction. Maybe my own that, I, that, I, that I've gotten a little bit of pushback for, and that is Boogie Basham uh, really starting to make enough noise that I think it puts a little pressure on A.J. Appanessa. Mm. And what I mean by that, and, and we did a show about this yesterday, and some of the pushback in the comments and some of the texts that we've gotten on our insider line is that, like, all right, A.J. Appanessa is not on the roster bubble. And maybe I headlined the episode poorly. I don't think the Bills are going to cut A.J. Appanessa, but I think you have to look at this. Like, okay, you added Leonard Floyd, right? He played 86% of the snaps for L.A. last year. So from day one, you're adding a legitimate starter at edge rusher. Now you have number two is Greg Rousseau. Those are going to be one, two until Vaughn gets back. Let's say Vaughn doesn't get back till week five. Okay. They put him on pup to start. Then after that, you got Shaq Lawson who played more snaps last year than either Boogie Basham or AJ Epinesa. If the arrow is up on Basham and you want to give him a legit opportunity until Vaughn gets back to see if he could produce keeping both Boogie and AJ Epinesa limits the opportunities for both of them. I think even with Von Miller out. So do you get aggressive and try to flip an AJ Epinesa? Maybe try to get a pick back or maybe even add a veteran offensive lineman where you 
obviously might now have a pretty good need at, at the backup spot. I don't know, maybe a little bit of an overreaction to one uh, game for Boogie Basham, but I've really felt that the player, the person has been trending upwards all off season. Like I mentioned to you guys a couple months back, I, I met up with him in Phoenix when I was out there for the owner's meeting. We had lunch. I did a story on him. I really like his attitude. When I went up to his locker after the game on Saturday, I, was, I wanted to ask him about, like, all right, this is a big performance tackle for a loss, sack. I'm ready to hear, like, all these, like, big reactions from the game. And for him, it was whole hung. It was like, that's the expectation now. Like, that's part of it. And, and he wants to take it to the next level. Sean McDermott said he was leveling up in the last couple of days. So, you know, I just thought maybe that puts a little bit more pressure on A.J. Epinesa, who's had training camp after training camp where he's really performed well but it just hasn't materialized into really sustained success. So Matt finished the uh, sentence here. Uh, the number two quarterback for the Buffalo Bills on opening night in New York will be Kyle Allen. And I know a lot of Bills fans are probably like, come on, Perino, what are you talking about? A couple things going for Kyle Allen. Number one, best buds with Josh Allen. It's about the room, especially early. You know, there is actually evidence that you can even go off the street and bring in a guy on a one-off to, to, to save you for a week or two if you really need it. Not to mention the fact that Matt Barkley's not going anywhere. He'll end up on the practice squad. He'll be available on a bench. But, you know, they did it with Barkley a couple of years ago, and they signed him for the first time, and they went in and played the Jets. Now, one idea that I really like, and I don't know if you could get it done now, but maybe thinking about it next offseason, is drafting a similar mold type of player to Josh Allen and then just developing that player over multiple years, you know, a late round pick or maybe even a UDFA, a Malik Cunningham, like what you saw him do against uh, for new England uh, in the preseason here, a player like that, where you can kind of bring them in. They're not going to be somebody that's, you know, great, but they can learn behind Josh Allen. Like what is Aaron Rodgers meant to, to Zach Wilson? I'm watching um, hard knocks the first episode. And it's like, he looks like a whole new player. I mean, the, the confidence, the just the poise, the, the the interactions in practice, like maybe that's a better route than like, you know, fl- you know, flipping the deck every single offseason and bringing in a veteran and having them learn this super complicated offense. You know, go out and get somebody and then do it over multiple years and keep on Matt Barkley you know, in the uh, in the toolbox in case you need to bring them out. Speaking of that toolbox, I, I get the sense that, and, and this has pa- basically been my feeling since the draft, when they drafted Dalton Kincaid and we heard this steady chorus of, he's not really a tight end, he could be a slot receiver, he's a pass catcher, that the idea that you're you're kind of like tied to your position with this offense and the way Sean McDermott has built this offense and Brandon Bean has built this offense, it really doesn't matter that you could have guys out there based on their strengths and the matchup that you're going up against and, and you can exploit those matchups when possible. With all that being said, Matt, I, I'm curious as to your thoughts on what Khalil Shakir has looked like. Not just, I mean, we saw him uh, on Saturday. I think inconsistent is probably kind, um, but but it's been that way through a lot of camp and competition has been ratcheted up around Shakir where you've got a guy like Sherfield who's physical, who can run block. You've got a guy like Hardy who's got the speed to get downfield quicker than anybody else. Even Andy Isabella, to me, looked competent on Saturday over Khalil Shakir. I know he's practice squad fodder. Give us a projection here because this guy I think we're all pulling for knowing that he was he was just selected last year in the draft and we saw flashes. How does this all shake out here at wide receiver? Yeah, so I... I don't see them keeping seven. 
unless they really wanted a dedicated punt return, kick return guy. But I just don't think that that's going to be the case. So then you get to six and it, it, you, you have the top four. You mentioned Hardy and Sherfield with Diggs and Davis. And then it comes down to me. Like, I don't think they're going to cut Khalil Shakir. Like he's a guy that's been tirelessly working this off season. He fits in their culture and they like the kind of players that they covet from uh, the perspective of come in, learn, develop, like work through some of the inconsistencies. And there's been them like, you know, to have, it was a perfect microcosm of his entire uh, training camp in that game, making that unbelievable catch and then having that easy bunny on third down and just completely dropping it. And, you know, it's a, it's a player that I think puts a lot of pressure on himself and they ask him to do a lot of different things. And, you know, that's another thing about this regime. Like I, I, I wonder sometimes, and this is just coming from somebody that's never spent time as a coach, so I don't understand, or an evaluator. So this is just a, an outsider's opinion. But should you expect everybody all the time to be this master expert of versatility? Always. Like, to me, Cody Ford is the embodiment of a player that was failed by that approach. That, that player, to me, needed to find comfort in one place. And I wonder sometimes with Shakir, how much has them asking him to learn everything and do everything as a fifth round wide receiver that played at Boise state that, you know, I don't have any Intel on their scheme, but I can't imagine it was comparable to the difficulty of the bill scheme to go out there and learn, you know, every single position on the boundary, the slot you're asking to do sometimes the McKenzie stuff. Like it feels like a lot on on the plate of a second year wide receiver who's entering their second year. So yeah, I think he ends up making the roster. I think that he is a, a guy that's under roster control at a really nice number for the next two, three seasons. And that's valuable to them, but there has been inconsistency. And I think that if that continues, it, it becomes more of a concern as you go along. Great stuff from Matt Perino, Syracuse Post Standard. Uh, what can we look forward to reading and tell us about the schedule this week for the Shout Podcast, Matt? Yeah, most of the reading that you'll do of mine these days is on the Shout Buffalo Bills uh, Insider text line, 716-528-6727. Get yourself a two-week free trial. All of our analysis, uh, breakdowns, uh, it all comes through there. Uh, occasional story at the website, of course, still. We've got to you know, uh, still feed the beast. And then obviously the podcast, we're looking to go still four, sometimes five times a week. I mean, that thing is churning all the time. Shout Buffalo Bills football podcast. Matt, you're always gracious with your time. Appreciate it, buddy. Let's do it again next week and catch up. Sounds good. Take care, guys. You got it. Matt Perino, Syracuse Post Standard, NewYorkUpstate.com, the Buffalo Bills Shout Podcast with our buddy Ryan Talbot. All great stuff, great analysis, great insight, as he always does every Tuesday here in the Sports Bar from Matt Perino. RJ writing in. Uh, great to hear Matt on the fan with uh, Danger and Gene. And for argument purposes, I've been here in Rochester 17 years and have had two garbage plates. Hence, I'm with Matt. Let's introduce Gene and Danger to Wignuts, Matt. Oh, oh you okay. know, I, I, okay. Can I share my story? Well, let me just get out real quick. Um, RJ, I went to Buffalo for Matt's thing, and I had the wing nuts back in April. We talked about it. it was, uh, RJ, it was, yeah. I went to yeah. Park Avenue yeah. for their Shout podcast uh, a week ago on Monday, and I was fully intending to enjoy some wing nuts. They ran out. They ran that, out. Is that a good promotion or a bad promotion? I like think you run out of something. It's like everybody wanted it, but then I'm like, yeah, like, yeah. I mean, I, I think they probably didn't uh, know that Matt was going to be as popular as he was. 
When you say Buffalo Bills, people show up. Gino, people show up. Not enough wings. By the time I got there, sorry, we're all sold out of the wings. Ooh, Ooh. that hurts. That stings. I really wanted to try the, the Matt Perino or the, the Ryan Talbot flavored wings. They're specialty wings there from Wingnuts. But uh, we'll get them next time. RJ, appreciate you listening. You can always reach us on X at the Fan Rochester. I'm at AKA Mike Danger. He is at Gene Battaglia. We'll take a break here and come back next with some takes on tap in the sports bar. Yeah, as uh, there was another night, Yankees giving up double digits, and I have thoughts that I'm sure Yankee fans will want to hear, and maybe we'll agree, maybe we'll disagree, and our spotlight game of the day. We're bringing this back, of course. Just taking a little look, looks like a slow roll here as we're picking games or week one. I'm done with the preseason. I'm looking to week one, and I've got my thoughts on Minnesota-Tampa Bay. I have a take on rookie quarterbacks in the National Football League. We'll get to that and more next. The Sports Bar with Danger and Bataglia. I'll drink to that on the way on the Fan Rochester. Odyssey has sports for every fan. Keep up with your favorite teams from across the country and get the inside scoop from experts. A-U-D-A-C-Y. Odyssey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See t